Now, before you take your seats, please stay standing because I'd love to read you a story from the Bible. So if you have your Bibles, you can get them out now. And it's the book of 2 Kings. And we're just going to stand as we read this very special story. So it's in the book of 2 Kings or 2 Kings, chapter 13. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, you can just search your Bible app or put it in on Google and it'll take you there. And if you don't have your Bibles today, then it will be on screen for you if you're visiting or you choose for some reason not to. Thanks, Emmanuel. Looking good today, mate. Nice hat. Okay, here we go. Uh, two kings. This is a story of uh, a young king called Jehoash and a dying prophet called Elisha or Elisha. Here's the story. Two kings, chapter th uh, 13, verses 14. Now, Elisha had been suffering from the illness from which he died. Jehoash, or if you're reading in another version, you might say um, Joash. Jehoash, king of Israel, went down to see him and wept over him. My father, my father, he cried, the chariots of horsemen of Israel. Elisha said, get a bow and some arrows. And he did so. Take the bow in your hands, he said to the king of Israel. And when he'd taken it, Elisha put his hands over the king's hands. Open the east window, he said, and he opened it. Shoot, Elisha said, and he shot. The Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Aram, Elisha declared, you will completely destroy the Arameans at Aphek. And verse 20 says, Elisha died and was buried. Turn to someone and say, I have the arrow of victory. I have the arrow of victory. Great. Give someone a high five as you take your seats. Make them feel welcome. Thank you, band. Today is the last talk in a collection of talks that we've been doing called Mark by the Mantle. Has anybody enjoyed this series? This epic series of talks we've been doing, man. Since January, it's crazy. Um, and so I, can't, I, can't, I was going to kind of do a bit of a roundup of all the talks that have been, but I'm not going to do that because they're all on YouTube. So go and watch them and go and listen to our podcast. Um, this is one of the last stories from Alicia's life that we know of. And so it's really important um, to read this well because clearly the writer of this book wanted us to know what the meaning behind this little story was. So in verse 14, we're going to go through it step by step because there's some stuff I want to show you. Then we're going to sing together and enjoy some coffee. Or if you're not a coffee drinker, uh, you're a posh tea drinker, then you can do that as well. Now, Alicia had been suffering from an illness in verse 14 from which he died. Um, Jehoash, king of Israel, which is a young king, went down to see him and wept over him. My father, my father, he cried, the chariots of horsemen of Israel. Now, if you're reading the story for the first time, that's a really weird thing to say. Because usually when you go into someone's, like a hospital and a dying person, you don't kind of go, my father, my father, the chariots of horse. The, the per poor person will go, Whoa, what's going on, you know? And so if you want to know what that means, you're going to have to listen to a talk that I did called Double Up, Double Down back in January, if you want to know what that means. But essentially, Jehoash is saying, Alicia, I'm here. I see you. I'm loyal. I want the authority and anointing that God has given you. And so he, he kind of he weeps over him, and he, he comes in the room with, with Alicia. And so he does this bit, my father, my father, and like, I'm here. I see you. And this is why Alicia, in the next part of the story, says, go and get a bow and some arrows. I have the actual bow Three and a half thousand years ago, 
that Alicia used. And look, it doesn't have LEDs on it back then. This is actually my son's, and he said, I said, can I borrow this to show everybody? And he said, yeah, but don't break it. Be gentle. So I'm going to be gentle. Um, so this is the bow. There we go. So Alicia says to the king, get a bow and get an arrow. So he does. And then he does this really weird thing where he puts his hands over the king's hands. This older, uh, this dying prophet putting his hands over this young king. So what I need is, I need a young king and an old prophet. That's what I need. So Kofi as a young king. Come on, Kofi. Come on forward. And there, come on. Yeah, that's right. Just jump up. Yeah. I'm trying to think of someone. I'm trying to choose someone who's a bit older, but it's not too offensive to call them old. Do you know what I mean? I'm at this weird stage. Mark, I'm going to have to choose you, my friend. Come on, this old prophet here, this mighty man. Come on, give it up for Mark. Are you able to get on stage? <laughs> come on. Right. So this is, uh, come to the middle here. Thanks, Kofi. And if you, um, you know how to shoot bows, don't you? Okay. Right, so what I want you to do is... Uh, yeah, there's just a little bit of wisdom going on here. Um, right, so go on, stretch out your hand. That's it, go on, that's it. And so what I want you to do, Mark, is come, come over here and put your hands over his hands, okay? That's the one. Now, this is weird, right? Um, I bet you know you, didn't want, you weren't gonna do, we were going to do this today. Um, but I want you to see something very powerful, right? And it's two generations, two generations of men firing the same thing. And I want you to get this image. Uh, Matthew Henry, are you okay just for a minute? Just stay there and I promise, I promise I'll let you go. Um, an old theologian called Matthew Henry says this, the trembling hands of a dying prophet as they signified the power of God gave this arrow more force than the hands of the king had in his full strength. There's two generations at work firing the same arrow. You see, it's not the old prophet's turn anymore. His time is done, it's, it's over, but he still has a part to play in the generation to come. You see, the young king here has a passion and he has a desire and he has a vision. So he has the strength to pull back the bow, but the prophet has the wisdom to aim it correctly. And these two generations are at work in this beautiful picture and this is what I want you to burn into your eye sockets now. Thanks, guys. That's enough. Well done. Thank you. Give it up for these two guys. Thank you. Thanks, guys. This is what a, ch a great church looks like. A great church that is multi-generational, that has young and old. Not just biologically and age old, but young in spirit and heart. We need wisdom. And we Do you know the name Jehoash? Do you know what that name means? Uh, good, because I'm not a clue. And if you did, you're probably good at pub quizzes. But the name Jehoash right, means fire of the Lord, fire of the Lord, this young king whose turn it was to take over from this dying prophet. His name means fire of the Lord. Guys, I am praying for a generation that is on fire for the Lord, much more on fire. You see, I'm not the future anymore. I'm the present. I'm just the guy trying to open the door for the new generations. But I pray over our young, biologically, but young in spirit, they will, they will have more boldness than we had, that they will have more courage, more passion, more wisdom, more desire to take this church from strength to strength to strength. Lord, we pray for fire for our young people. 
in this culture that is so complex and messy, in a time in our society where there's an information overload, where the world keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and our young people keep feeling smaller and smaller and smaller, I pray for these young kings and queens who will take hold of the bow and take hold of the arrow and serve God's purposes for their generation. Fire's great, but it sucks sometimes because fire spreads, fire can burn. Fire has to be managed and taught. You see, fire's great, but if it explodes too fast, too quick, it'll just burn out. This is the beauty of the older generations because they are still aflame, but their fire is mature because instead of just wood that's burning, it's turned to charcoal embers that are still white hot for Jesus. They know how to handle things. They know what's an issue and what's not an issue. And these two generations colliding in this moment of vision and destiny is a beautiful image of where our church is right now. Where there's tons of young people, tons of young birth, but at the same time it's colliding with the old prophets, with people who've done it for five, 10, 15 years, who might not be the people who are the future, but they're the people of the present, helping steward the future. So this is what I wanted to do. If you've been in our church, for more than 10 years, okay, I would like you to stand up to your feet, okay? If you've been in this church community for 10 years. Uh, put, yeah, put your hand up if you, okay. put your, yeah, put your hand up if you've been here for over 40 years. Oh, guys, can we give a round of applause for these people? Right, you can take your seats. Guys who, who were just stood then. You know, some of these people that lifted the hand have been through like four senior leaders or three senior leaders. They've been through different seasons in our church and they're still here. Talk about the power of generational influence. It's amazing. Some of us can't stick to a gym routine for a month and these guys have been coming here for decades. Listen, if you've been stood, if you were stood just a moment ago, we really need you. There is no problem in growing a crowd on a Sunday. There is no problem in this church about helping people find their way to Jesus. No problem. We do it week in, week out. We have amazing kids' ministries, youth ministries, community group ministries. We have all sorts. We have postcode grocery. But you know what is in ever more need is spiritual mothers and fathers who will recognize the fire that is in our young people and decide that I'm going to be the person to put my hands. I'm not going to control it because they're aiming it. They're the future. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to make sure that it's true. I'm going to make sure the technique's there. And I'm going to stand shoulder to shoulder in that pursuit. Amen? Amen. Great. The fire of the Lord. So, Lord, we pray for unity, don't we? We pray for a togetherness and a unity. And if you're a visitor in here today, I understand that you might have just come and you've missed a lot and you're like, what's all this you're talking about? I get it, but I want, e I want you to feel like you're a part of this. I want you to feel like the door is open. In the next verse, once they've kind of set up and got this window and hour already, Alicia says, open up the east window. Right? Open up the east window. Why? the east window. He says, open up the east window and shoot, and he shoots this, this arrow. Why the east window? It's because both men knew 
where the next greatest threat was to the people of Israel. You see, you didn't say open up the west window to the Mediterranean, because that's somewhere I want to go, you know what I'm saying? I would like to go to the Mediterranean right now. But it's not the south, not to the Philistines and the Moabites, not to those tribes down there, but no, the east, where the Arameans are. For a few generations now, they've been at war, and they've been part of this um, geopolitical landscape that created instability and death in the region. Open up the east window, because a young king's responsibility is to identify where the greatest challenge is and bring God's kingdom there. That's the young king's responsibility. I was going to title this talk, The East Window, um, but the reality is, next week, we're going to be opening up The East Window. You'll have seen these announcements uh, with me wearing a, a top that looks like I've just killed a sheep and, and put it over my shoulders, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> Um, you hear an announcement about we've got an, a kind of a 10-year focus that we believe as a leadership team, as a board of directors, as a staff that we believe will go in in the next 10 years. But I understand in the room that although we love the change and this is great and we're excited and it's like open up the east window, let's go fire the, all the generations together, it still begs the question, well, what is going to change then? Because I mentioned a few things like the look and the style and, and, and a fresh word uh, for our vision and a name. But what does it mean? But let, let me just say this. This is what isn't going to change. So let me tell you what's not going to change, okay? Our theology is not going to change. Do you know why? Because you can't change God. <laughs> you can try, and I'm sure we all have at times. But you can't change God, our theology, who God is who the Holy Spirit is, who Jesus is, why he did what he did, and who he is, is not going to change. Another thing that's not going to change is our way of doing church. What you see here today, it will look like this next week. It's the same faces, the same people. It's the same songs, it's the same lights. It's the same bad jokes from the platform. It's the same, it, what, what else is the staying the same? Um, our secular ministries stay the same. Postcode Coffee House, The Edge, The Community Grocery, even our internal ones, Live Free, Kids Church, it's, not, it's all staying the same. Because what we're doing is we are just giving new language to the same thing. We are opening up the East window together. I walked in the other Sunday um, and someone said to me, and it was joking, but they said, oh, here he is, the king of the castle, you know. Uh, and I said, yes, bow down before. No, I didn't really. <laughs> I knight you, sir. No. Um, and I thought, because, uh, you know, I'm the senior leader here. Um, and, you know, you get ripped and joined. And that's absolutely fine. I actually enjoy that. Um, but on this occasion, I thought, you know, what? I'm just going to clarify just in case anyone misunderstands. Here he is the king. And I said, well, no, actually, I'm not the king of the castle. Jesus is the king of this kingdom. And that I'm just the steward of this, of this flock, of this family, of this tribe for a season. I'm here as the, the, the chief role model of how not to do it and how to do it, guiding us into the next few seasons. If you have, if you have missed it, let me say that Jesus leads this church community. No one is changing who we are and where we are from. We are putting a new frame around the same picture. 
So you know what? Next week, if you know who this man is, you'll see Norman on the front door. We love you, Norman. Oh, Norman! If any of you used to uh, fireman Sam, no? No? Okay, maybe not. Norman! You'll still see the same paint on the walls. And you'll think, I thought this was all changing. I'm going home. You know, no, it's all staying the same. And over the next six weeks from next Sunday, we're going to be taking you step by step by step in what's happening, why are we doing it. We don't want anybody left behind. It's generation standing shoulder to shoulder with generation, opening the east window and saying to God, God, where's the next fight? Where's the next victory? Because we're hungry and we're ready. Something else happens in the East as well. Can anybody tell me what happens in the East? The sun rises. That's right, the sun rises. You might think I'm pulling at strings here, but hermeneutically, I'm just going to go for it and you're just going to have to live with it. The sun rises in the East. And it's no coincidence to me that often where your greatest challenges is often the start of a new season. (laughs) That at the start of a sunrise, on the start of a new day, when God is doing a new thing, there's often a fight to have, a battle to win, ground to take. So this is why it's so important when we read the, ne- um, the same verse when he says, open up the east window, shoot, Alicia said, and he shot. And this is what he said, the Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Aram you will uh, completely destroy your enemy. As, the, as this was flying through the sky, the prophet, he'd let it go, it had gone. He commanded a blessing on that arrow. This is the Lord's arrow. It's not our arrow. It's the Lord's. And do you know what? It's always been the Lord's arrow. And thank God it's the Lord's arrow because there's no way we could have got to where we are today and where we're going in the future because it's the Lord. Um, You know, in September, we had a big staff away day where where we as a leadership team got all our staff together and we we brought these announcements to them. And I was so nervous. Man, let me tell you, I've, you know, I changed pants a few times that week, you know what I'm saying? I didn't sleep very well, I was nervous, and I was nervous all the way up until I got and stood, there was a little, uh, like a little pulpit, little platform, I put my notes on, and I, and I, I stood there, and, and it's a random story, but let me just explain, and I stood there with my notes, and about to say, right you lot, come on, get together, put, you know, get your brew, come and sit down, before I was calling everyone to order, I felt this um, the pins and needles all the way from the top of my head all the way down to my feet. And I suddenly felt emboldened, like God was rooting me to the spot, saying, it ain't about you. It's about me and what I'm doing and my kingdom. It's about the arrow that's flying out the east window. It's not about a brand or success. But and the, the band can come up because, um, because I'm pretty much done. Um, but this is also true for you in your life. Friend, I'll, over the next six weeks, I want you to consider what your east window is. Today is the last talk on the Mark by the Mantle series. I think it's been about 12 weeks or 15 weeks of just teaching in the life of Alicia. And we're not coming back to this now. This is it. We're done and we're moving forward. 
But before we leave, I want you to ask yourself, what's my east window and what's that arrow that I'm releasing? Because I want to encourage you today that in the same way I was having a wobble, I was having a bad day, I was worried about the reaction. Let me tell you, when you let that arrow go, God is declaring over it, victory, victory, victory. So if your east window at the minute is your mental health and it sucks to be in your head right now, you're anxious, you're confused, you're lonely, when we declare victory over that east window. If your relationship at the minute is on the rocks and you're wondering how, how the devil you're going to figure this out, victory, victory over that east window. If you're worried about debt, about your money, if you're concerned about the economy, victory, victory over the east window, over that arrow. Because why? Because it's the Lord's. And friend, if you're here today and you're in personal relationship with Jesus, God's all over it. God's all over it. You don't need to worry. You don't need to fear. You know, in the, uh, the, there's a book in the Bible called the book of Psalms. It's the book of songs, okay? And these Psalms, right, they're filled with prayers and songs about need and fear and victory and hope. <clears throat> but through the book of Psalms, the writer of the Psalms, a guy called Dave, used this phrase to describe God. He calls him the most high God, which is really odd because it would therefore mean that there are other gods that are a bit shorter than God is. And it's true. There are gods that we worship all the time, all the time, guys. The God of money, and we worship money. The, the, The God of celebrity and Instagram and Facebook having a bad day today. Oh, what's up, chick? We all know those people. Look at my new holiday. Look at my new car. We all worship the God of celebrities. We worship celebrities like Boris Johnson. I got a mixed response then, wasn't it? Oh, Liz, no, I won't even go there. It's just not appropriate. I try to say neutral, but you know, come on, we we deserve a lot better. We worship celebrities. David Beckham, although I understand that one because he's good looking. He can play football. He looks good in a flat cap. But the, the distinction is that God is the most high God. That means he is head and shoulders above anything else you trust or look for affirmation in. His head and shoulders above that man you just can't walk away from. His head and shoulders over that habit you just can't lay down. He is not an ankle high God. He is not a waist high God. You know where I'm going. He's not a shoulder height God. He is the most high God. And when God says victory, it's victory. A hundred percent. Okay, that arrow might take its time. It might not look like it was meant to, but let me tell you, if God said it, it'll do it. Victory, victory, victory. If anyone wants to receive victory today, we're going to pray for you. Why don't we stand to our feet all together and we're going to pray for people today. Pray for people's finances and families. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Hey, let's have a moment. Let's have a bit of quiet, shall we? It's nice and quiet. If you'd like to close your eyes, you can. I just want you to reflect on what I've said. I'm just going to have a moment of meditation, just thinking about it. And I want to pray. Oh, we thank you that in our hands we have an arrow of victory because you have declared it. Thank you, Lord, that we're in the company of generations, standing shoulder to shoulder, ready to aim at the next fight, ready to aim at the next victory. Thank you, Lord. Open up the east window, my friend. Open up the east window. There is a new day and a new challenge. But do not fear, because it is the Lord's arrow of victory, not yours. Take heart, have courage. As we're in this moment here, I want to pray for a few things, and we're just going to let people respond, and then the band's going to lead us in a, in a song. So if you, if you have an east window that you need God to give you some victory over, I just want you to respond to him on whatever way that looks like for you. You can put your hands forward. You can lift your hands and surrender to him. You can simply sit or kneel. Or if you just want to stand, that's fine. But wherever we are, all across the room, if you just want to say, God, this is my east window, just respond now, and then I'm going to pray for us all before we sing together. <clears throat>